Welcome to The New Next, a podcast that addresses current events and how they will impact the future. What do you want to talk about the Roman Catholic Church real quick? Yeah, so to understand how it came into power, I think is sometimes forgotten because it became the number one. I mean, it's still up there i think it's either the it might i don't know if it's first anymore but it's in the top three of not just like of a religion it's um one of the biggest religions Uh, i think muslim might have overtaken it now yeah it it is larger muslims um and muslims are the fastest growing thing over the past 40 years uh, by far Um, but roman catholicism was a minority christianity for hundreds of years um the only reason why it's not part of the greek orthodox or what we call the greek orthodox now is because um geography and roman conquerors conquering uh you know it, it got set not not so much roman but it got separated by um like the germanic tribes um you know after rome conquered everything things started getting split up and the eastern orthodox mm-hmm. were ruled by similar kinds of rulers and the Roman, the people that ended up becoming Roman Catholic were ruled by different kinds of rulers um, who didn't recognize the rulers, (laughs) you know, they're their enemies. Um, So they, um, they started putting a mythos that, ah, but this is the, this specific seat in Italy and, um, and uh, Vatican, what ended up becoming Vatican city. This was the one that Peter planted. This is the one that Peter started. And that might be true. It might not be. That's uh, beside the point, really. <laughs> yeah. But that's the mythology about why the Roman Catholics. So, so that was really the most important disciple. I mean, despite the Book of John saying differently. Right. Um, <laughs> well, it it was basically the king of Jerusalem became the king pope, or kind of vice versa. Or, well, the Roman the king Roman Catholic king became the king pope. And now we call it the Pope, but he's basically just a king of a decentralized group of different little, I don't know, well, sects too. You know, there's different sects in the Catholic Church, but um, it's, you know, there's still a king. And uh, he's out there talking about um, foreign policy and stuff like that. So I just, you know, he does. He, well, he yeah, hires I mean, his army from the Swiss, but well, the thousand you know over a thousand years of being giving political power outside the church has completely distorted what the seat of Rome was supposed to have been. It was supposed to be a place that inv- advised kings and rulers, not a place that ruled. And, yeah. Um, so I mean, you you nailed it on the head. Um, it but because of that, it's changed the dynamic of the Pope, where we don't even know who the leaders of the Eastern Orthodox Church are. I mean, we'd have to type up like, like do they have popes? Uh, do they have bishops? Like, what are their structure? Um, not, and not that we couldn't find it, but 
um, the Coptic church. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about this a couple yeah. weeks ago. Um, you know, that was the third, um, that was bigger than the Roman Catholic church for at least a hundred, 200 years. Um, but when, um, when the, um, when new political authority came into power, they used the Pope. Um, they made deals with the Pope to be able to have um, the religious power to be able to easier, con- you know, um, conquer other lands and stuff. And whereas the the Greeks, um, the Orthodox, they didn't use their power in that way. They um, <laughs> and, um, and so it's, yeah, I mean, because the Russian Orthodox is closer to the Greek Orthodox than it is to um, Roman Catholic. Um, but what's what's kind of cool, and I think this is really, really interesting, um, just from a church history perspective, or maybe a world history perspective, is the group that separated themselves from the rest of the church has had the curse of everybody else separating from them. So um, first it was the Church of England, and that was a purely political move, like had nothing to do with religion whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then you had the various forms of reformation. Um, the most famous one being um, Luther's Reformation. Um, so you have the Lutheran Church that came out of this. You have um, the Mennonite, the Anabaptist Revolution, um, where Anabaptists and Mennonites and later Quakers come from that kind of branch. You have. Um, um, the Zwinglian slash John Calvin um, um, revolution or Reformation, and um, you get this weird cross between Church of England, Lutheran, and Mennonite, um, but no no art is allowed except for a cross. Uh, like that's the only art that's allowed in a church. And out of all of these, that's still the most influential one in um, American culture. Uh, I mean, it's starting to lose its way, but it's still like the number one dominance of like what you can and can't put in a church. Like, well, we can't put in idols, but we can put in words of scripture, which we'll worship. So it's become an idol. Um, then, uh, so then from Church of England specifically, because my branch comes from that Church of England, um, a guy who's doing missionary work um, during the 1700s um, or in the 1800s in America. Um, um, realize uh no sorry 1700s sorry and then the american revolution happens um well they don't they can't call themselves church of england anymore so they become uh, methodist um episcopal and yeah methodist episcopal um and founded by john wesley primarily even though john wesley never left the church of england um (laughs) and then from that you have most if not all of the denominations that populate um, America right now, um, so uh, one branch was the, of the was the Disciples branch um, led by Stone and Campbell, and Stone and Campbell um, gotten or their followers gotten arguments, which led to first the formation of the Disciples of Christ, and then break off of that into the Church of Christ um, and the Christian Church, um, then uh, in another branch from Methodist. Um, where um, they thought a lot of people thought they lost their way because they were so focused on um, um, uh, individual enlightenment. A group of um, several different groups broke off, um, including the Salvation Army, 
the Church of the Nazarene, um, uh, and then um, this uh, this uh, wild group out in California um, that had a uh, what was it called? Um, it wasn't a revival, but it was the Asuzu revival, which um, is the heart and soul of the charismatic church um um because assemblies of god came out from at the same time as nazarenes and salvation army um but then there was a, a suzu street uh in the early 1900s late 1800s and um uh more more or less the invention of common terms tongue speaking and um um getting prophecy and stuff like it, it took a different turn because of a suzu and um but coming from that that branch of the charismaticism you have um the uh, word of god uh calvary chapel um all of these big huge churches that are now called non-denominational these even though even if they don't carry all the different things they came from the suzu break off of the Assemblies of God, Nazarene, hmm. and Salvation Army. So, um, you, yeah, all these little minor denominations. Um, and again, because um, they broke off from, the Roman Catholics broke off from the Eastern Orthodox, even in Lutheran, there's three basic synods that cover all of United States. And the, there's some smaller ones as well, but you have like the Missouri Synod, you have the ELCA, um, and each of them have a completely different stance on stuff. And then you have um, the people who come from Calvin. <laughs> and it's so stupid. Like, I don't mean this to say you're stupid if you're from these denominations, but they took on the term Baptist. But Calvin was a part, he wasn't a part of it, but his followers were Zwinglian enough <laughs> that they killed Baptist and Mennonites and Anabaptists. Like, that's what they did. So the fact that the people who are most devoted to John Calvin now are called Baptists, and they believe very similarly to um, the Anabaptists that they killed is just crazy. Yeah, I know. And, and the main thing that makes an Anabaptist is the fact that they don't believe that kids are allowed to be baptized because they can't come to their own consent to follow Jesus. So that's what Anabaptist means. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the Baptists, um, especially Southern Baptists, but even the General Baptist, First Baptist, um, like, <laughs> like this, it's, it's so funny to me of like these breakdowns and stuff. And then the Methodist has been broken up multiple times, and Episcopalian's been broken up multiple times. Um, uh, but Eastern Orthodox, they're they're still pretty much the same as they were two thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah, Lonnie, well, that's. <laughs> Probably because they were less based on power games. So, yeah. that's, uh, uh, you know, like I was looking that up because it's, you have Rome and then you have New Rome. So, um, New Rome is Constant, uh, what Constantine the Great um, basically ca called Constant Constantinople originally. And, uh, the ecumenical patriarch, which is, I believe, the name of whatever, is, you know, part of what he, that's kind of his seat over there. So, um, let's see. 
So New Rome remains part of the official title of the Orthodox Ecumenical Patriarch of that city. I'm, yeah, and even that term ecumenical, it, it has a very specific meaning in the church world that I don't know how much it's outside, but it's saying yeah. that all the churches work together, that these are the things that they're unified on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're the opposite, right? So here's, uh, before we go, here's world's largest religions by population. This is from uh, 2020. Um, Christians, 2.555 billion. Muslims, 1.9. And Hindus, 1 billion. Non-religious, 855,000. Agnostic, 712 million. Buddhist, 548. Chinese folk religionists, 471 million. So I assume that includes also the Falun Gong and stuff. Um, 146 million atheists. So Jews, 14 million. You said that um, Christians make up 2.5 billion and Muslims 1.9? Yeah, and then uh, actual Catholics is, I think I saw uh, 1.3 billion baptized Catholics as of 2019. Yeah, it'd um, it'd be interesting to see the breakdowns for Muslim because they have um three or four branches that um are just as separate as the Roman Catholics are to than other Christians. But I mean one point three billion Catholics, that's probably the biggest population of one specific sect or major sect of um of a religion. Um, well and with with Muslims too, I don't believe that there's any sort of sacred rites that you have to go through to become a Muslim. And I think it depends on the on the sect. Like you, like you have to follow. Let's see. I there's no baptism, right? So, so you know, like um, barriers to entry would be lower in that. The fact that you have, what did I say, 1.3 billion people that went through Christian baptism, that's a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Or Catholic baptism. Um, so, because they, they have a really strict... Like, I, I grew up Episcopalian. I'm baptized Episcopalian. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, like, you know... We could go into that for forever. Um, right. Um, you know, my family historically are a lot of Quakers and a lot of Episcopal people, a lot of Episcopal priests. And so, you know, that's kind of like my religious cultural history that I come from. If I was to do it again, I... And... I was, if I was forced to choose by my own determination, I'd probably become a, a Jew, so, or a Buddhist, <laughs> if I wanted to just join a group. If you would like to learn more about the New Next Podcast, find us at thenewnextpodcast.com. 
where you can suggest a topic you would like for us to cover. If you enjoyed what you heard, share the podcast, tell a friend about it, or rate us with five stars. 